What will artificial intelligence do to us? Part 4. Computers are able to do terrifyingly impressive things, with more to come. What does this mean for work? For art? For the future of the species? Today our podcast Art Intel and me, Brian, the artificial intelligence voice, will read and listen the last part of the text of Nathan J. Robinson filed the 3rd of November 2022 on currentaffairs.org. Less lethally, the AI art may cause a lot of problems, even if Dolly can't replace human creativity, and even if it never will. It's going to get at least somewhat better, and as it gets better it's going to threaten the jobs of artists, who are already precarious. I had a ton of fun getting it to spit out hundreds of little Boschian people, but I also felt a sense of guilt as I assembled the piece, because even though I wasn't planning to enter the piece in an art contest or claim it as a Nathan Robinson painting, there was some way in which just by creating it with so much help, I seemed to be committing a crime against art. I certainly don't like where this is going, because even though I am excited by the magical ability to create stunning new images with ease, I know that we live in an economy where people have to work to survive, and automation poses a threat to people's livelihoods. If everyone were guaranteed a decent standard of living, one could be less unsettled by the power of AI art, because the fact that a computer can do something more quickly than a human can is no reason for a human not to do it if they are doing it for pleasure. People didn't stop playing chess when computers began to beat people at chess. If you enjoy painting pictures of the sea, what difference does it make that a computer can paint a better picture of the sea? You don't stop making recipes because Gordon Ramsay is a better chef than you are. Our pleasures are not a competition, and in an ideal world, some artists could use AI sometimes to do some things if they felt like it just the way that they use other digital tools. There isn't a hard and fast line between AI and Photoshop, but the capitalist economy is competitive, and artists have to make a living. Advanced image generation programs might run into a ceiling on how much they can do, but there's still a good chance they'll be powerful enough to put a lot of artists out of work. Perhaps they will create new jobs for people who are uncommonly talented with image-generating softwares. Already there are marketplaces where you can buy prompts to plug into them, but I think it's certainly the case that, if the programs can improve somewhat at understanding what is being asked for, a lot of design and illustration work that is today done by hand might be automated. We should not have to worry about this. If people were guaranteed a decent standard of living, they wouldn't need to fear the automation of their jobs. We could all ooh and act all e, without it being scary. But when people have spent years developing a skill that they now depend on to feed themselves, and look at the prospect that they will have to compete with an AI that can paint with the skills of the great masters, they are understandably worried. Nick Sirotich, one of the wonderful artists who contributes to this magazine, Noted to me that the artist community is already bleeding, and foresees a world of AI-generated content through and through, devoid of soul, purely superficial and driven only by profit. He's not wrong to be concerned. Would, for instance, an airport decide to commission a muralist to spend months painting a terminal wall if it could just have a free AI spit out a rough approximation that most weary travelers can't tell from the real thing? 
AI isn't predestined to destroy artists' careers, but it might in a world ruled by the profit motive. As a design professional who runs a magazine that is heavily dependent on human artists, I've been thinking about how as technology develops, we can try to use it ethically ourselves. For instance, to accompany this cover story on AI art, I made the issue cover using a combination of Dolly, Photoshop, and InDesign. I had to work hard on it because there were a lot of things the image generator didn't get right, especially the frog's hand, and I'm proud of the result. But I didn't paint it. And it did make me think, some places are going to use these new technologies to automate jobs that were done by hand. How do we make sure current affairs is ethical in any use of automation? I realized, however, that automation mainly presents an ethical problem for for-profit entities, which have an institutional mandate to cut labor costs when possible. For us, a not-for-profit entity, any money that automation saves can simply be given back to the workforce. Computer assistance can actually help us boost the pay of artists, by allowing them to make things faster. If Current Affairs presently pays a designer $300 for a page and it takes them 4 hours to design, but then a software allows them to make the same page in 10 minutes, we can still pay them $300, even if for-profit entities are trying to drive down the prices they pay. I think our responsibility as the century unfolds is not to say that we won't embrace new technologies but to say that we won't ever use new technologies to cut the share of our revenue that goes to labor. The assuring news I can offer after reading a lot about AI and playing with the latest tools is that I don't see compelling evidence that superintelligent computers are possible. Some people warn that we should prepare for the arrival of superintelligence in the way those living before the invention of the atomic bomb should have thought about it. But in that case, there were good scientific reasons to think that an atomic bomb was a realistic possibility. In the case of artificial intelligence, we don't know how to make machines think. This may have something to do with the fact that, ultimately, they are not alive, and intelligence is a property of biological life forms. Those who hype AI risk tend to believe that the human mind is just a kind of elaborate computer program, and that it doesn't matter that we're made of flesh and bone and computers aren't, because if the mind is a program then you could simulate it on a sufficiently advanced machine. But I suspect that as the limitations of our capacity to improve the intelligence of computers become clear, that position may be reconsidered. The bad news is that, as Larson points out, our technology doesn't need to be very smart in order to hurt us. Nuclear weapons aren't intelligent, but a miscalculation with them could wipe out most of the species. Smartphone addiction doesn't require our phones to be sentient life forms that can reason on our level. It just requires them to be sufficiently advanced to hook us. AI art can keep getting things hilariously wrong and still put a lot of creative professionals out of work. In a world where everyone knew they could be comfortable and secure, technological advancements wouldn't have to terrify us so much. But we don't yet live in such a world.